running for nothing. Welcome to BizVise on New Radio Media. I'm your host, Armin Nazarian, and we've got Joe Barbera today on the show. This is the second time, Joe. Yeah, on the how show. you doing, Armin? Good, buddy. How you doing? Great, great. Good, good. Uh, cold day today. I know uh, what happened yeah. last week was in the 50s, and now it's back in the 20s. Yeah, you know, I said it's going to warm up again this weekend. It's going to be like in the upper 40s, I think. Yeah, so, we'll take uh, it. We'll definitely well, take it. for January, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. That's that. right. That's right. Absolutely. Did you go to car show? You went to a car show. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, uh, they're great cars, great products, uh, you know, beautifully displayed. Uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement in oh, here, yeah. too. You know, uh, positive excitement, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I feel it. Uh, it's just everywhere, you know, Good. here in Michigan, which is great. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Joe was, uh, I've known you now how long, Joe? About uh, 11 years? Yeah. Yeah, going on here. We've been uh, business brokering now for all that time. Yeah, it's crazy. Time yeah. goes by so quickly, too. It does. It, it does. Unbelievable. Yeah, how time flies by. We were much younger when we started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Well, you know, it, it's, it, it's something I enjoy doing. I know you right. do, too. And, uh, you know, it, it makes uh, life easier and time goes by quicker. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today I think we're just going to talk about, Joe, is uh, prospecting. I know that that's one of our key um, ingredients in being successful in this business, yeah, you know, because yeah. you got to constantly feed the pipeline. Correct. Yeah, we have to provide our own inventory, so to speak. Right. And uh, uh, part of that process is, like you said, pro- prospecting. All right. Uh, for uh, for uh, viable businesses that we feel uh, we can sell. Right. And uh, right. you know, how so when you're when we're prospecting, I know maybe you do a little bit different than what I do. Um, are you hitting community uh, networking functions? Uh, what are you, what are you doing? I know you've got a lot of word of mouth, a lot of word of mouth, Correct. a lot of referrals is coming right. in for you because right. you've been doing it for so long. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. But but that being said, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, whenever I'm at any social function, you know, I, I'm always handing out my card. You know, for, it's important. To other people. It's important. Um, you know, and, and also, you know, when, when people find out what you do for a living, you know, it's interesting. You know, they kind of uh, ask you questions and uh, they're curious either right. to buy a, a business or possibly sell their own. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, a, a big factor in, uh, in prospecting for businesses. Yeah. Especially for the new guys coming in. I know we're starting to get more oh, yeah. and more people asking about this whole business brokerage right. industry that we're doing. Yeah. And they're saying, how are you guys getting these new leads and, and you know, getting all these referrals coming in? So um, the longer you're out there, obviously, you're going to get more and more people. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Giving you a call and everything. Are you doing any networking events? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do a, a couple of them, which I, which I like. Um, it, it works out well for me. Um, you know, it, it's just a matter of... Uh, Associating with with people that are in the in business right. for themselves, or know people that are in business or own businesses. Right, right, right. And and, and talking to everybody obviously is a, a, a key factor. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And you know, in in the circles I run in, you know, there, there's you know, there, there's people that have businesses that you're looking to expand their business and mm-hmm. buy you know third, fourth, fifth location, or they're just looking to simply retire. That's right. You know, and uh, there's a lot of that too. You know, like for instance, I uh, I just uh, listed a, a UPS store, and uh, I sold it to him uh, 13 years ago. 
you know, and he was, we were both a lot younger back then. He loves it. It worked out great for him. Um, his wife is retiring uh, the end of this year. Okay. And uh, he wants, he listed the business with me and, you know, we're going to sell it. And uh, he's going to retire with his wife. Uh, there he actually bought a place in Florida and they're just looking to move down there and uh, and just relax and take it. And they still have your card. Yeah, which is cool. Right. You know, I think it's great. Yeah, you know? you know the crazy thing, Joe, is I'm starting to sell now businesses to kids of parents that I sold business to yeah. 10, 15 years ago. Well, you know, if you do so your job right. You they're going to remember you for sure. Absolutely. For sure. It keeps coming no. back. It keeps coming back. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I talk to everybody where I'm about. Sometimes I'm out and, you know. My wife, I'll say, oh, enough of just passing the cards out. You know, let's right. just have a nice dinner and, and all that stuff. So um, you ask your clients also for referrals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you'll get them too. Uh, you know, like I said, if, if you do your job right, right. you absolutely get a refer, referrals. Right. Uh, for instance, uh, I, I did, uh, you mentioned prospecting. Uh, uh, when I first started this out years ago, uh, one of the things I would do is called midnight mailers. Okay. What I do is uh, I get a, a stack of envelopes uh, with my business card in it. And also I put like uh, I, I kind of like a, a summary of what I did as a business broker. And I would go. Kind of like a bio on yourself. Correct. Yeah. And, okay. and the company I worked for, you know, and how we listed and advertised and marketed businesses similar to theirs. Right. And, that, you know, that we had buyers we were working with that would be interested in a business like theirs. And I would, uh, I'd literally go like one, two in the morning in the car and. Uh, Nobody's bothering you. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I just go from a, a, a business to business. Usually sure. in strip centers, things yeah. of that nature. But I'd pick businesses that, uh, for instance, if, if we had a franchise listed, at, at that time we listed a lot of Quiznos. So I'd leave a, a, a letter there. And when I mean leave, I'd just like slide in between the door, under the door, whatever it took. And uh, by doing that, I ended up listing a floral shop. I sold it for her. She was so happy with it, she referred me to her friend who had a floral shop also. I sold that floral shop. Uh, ended up selling her husband's coin car wash. And uh, Chain her friends, her, right. her husband's best friend had a, a, a body shop, and I ended up selling that as well. Cool. So Very just, good. Uh, Very so, good. Yeah. So yeah, those midnight those. mailers, those, it's great. Nobody bothers you. It's one way. You know. Especially in the summertime. You know, it's it's good for all the new, if there's any new brokers out there listening to our show. Correct. It's a great way to get out there. There's no pressure from the, Absolutely. the seller asking you questions. I know when I first went out. The seller of business asked me questions. I, I had no clue what the I was worst even one doing. Is, you know, so how many years have you been doing this? Yeah, you know, I tell them, this is my second week. Right, right. <laughs> and, and and the funny thing is, Joe Barbera was kind of my mentor. Told me a couple um, hints on what to say. So when we when I met him years ago and said, "Hey, Joe, when somebody asks me this question, what do I tell him?" He goes, "I've been doing this too long. Just tell him you've been doing it too long. It's time to move on." You know. Yeah, uh, and we yeah. would go on to the next one. Well, we have Paul Haba that joined us today, too. How you doing, Paul? Very good. Good afternoon, you guys. Good, Tag good. Paul. So we just started. We were talking about, you know, business brokerage and people getting in. There's a lot of new people that want to get into the business brokerage world, you know, because, um, uh, you know, it, it's thriving and it's a small niche and people are starting to get wind of that. So we were talking about somebody getting into the business, uh, prospecting, what mm -hmm. business brokers do to get a book of business, how do you start from, you know, from, from nothing? 
And uh, one thing we were talking, Joe and I were talking about is, you know, referrals. We always walk around in restaurants. We're getting sure, cards sure. out. Uh, we do the midnight mailers. Uh, what's your tidbit, uh, Paul, what would you say on, uh, you know, if somebody's starting new in this business? You know, I do exactly the same as Joe. I think the best thing to do is hit the streets. Don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves and get out there and hit the streets. Mm-hmm. Also, pick up the phone, start making calls. Uh, I know a lot of people back in the day when they started in the ancient times, like Joe, <laughs> he probably picked up uh, Yellow Pages. Yeah. <laughs> now you could just Google search oh, yeah. it's local totally restaurants in the area and start calling them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one out of, I think it's one out of three businesses in Michigan are actually right. for sale or the owners thought of selling. Right. So, uh, those work very well for me, you know, putting together a nice letter about yourself, putting it in an envelope along with your business card and maybe some generic right. listings. And then, right. you know, a uh, seller might pick it up and say, I'll hold on to this. And then six months later, they open their desk drawer and there it is. Right. I'm ready to sell and they call you. Yeah, Joe was just mentioning that he just had one He's, uh, on the UPS store. Right. Yeah, that, uh, he had it for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm getting referrals now and I'm getting callbacks years later after I've sold businesses to, you know, the moms and dad, you know, the, uh, sure. the parents. And now their kids are calling up saying, hey, you know, we want to buy a business. So yeah, well, referral is, is absolutely. Is absolutely. I mean, when I started in this business, I started calling all my friends. Right. All my all my professional friends, CPAs, attorneys. Those are always good friends for to sure. have because they're talking to business owners all the time mm, all the time you know hey i'm looking to retire uh do you know any good business broker right absolutely right. so i mean cpas are good attorneys are good divorce attorneys divorce, divorce attorneys are great I, i've had a couple you know deals <laughs> unfortunately that, they, we love divorce to, attorneys right. but uh it is what it is um also residential real estate agents if you get in with a couple good heavy hitters they and, could and throw I business do down your way. Right. Absolutely. They don't. They don't know the the whole side. They think it's the same as as a residential you're, you're a transaction, smarter, but it's a little. It's better much agents different. don't, and they're wise enough to to hand it off to someone that that can take care of their referral. Right. And uh, it usually works out great for them, and it works out great for us too. You know, many times, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I work through uh, with a couple other realtors that that strictly do residential. And uh, they do refer me referrals on a regular on the, basis. On the business side of it. And it's usually a, a family friend or a member or, mm-hmm. or, or a close friend for that matter. Right. And, uh, you know, we go in there, uh, we evaluate the business, uh, we come up with a price, uh, we market, advertise, we sell it, and they're just so happy. Uh, you know, I said, you know, you really took care of my friend. Uh, you know, most recently it was uh, a, a, a lady friend. Her sister-in-law had a, a, a hair salon, you know, that uh, – she wanted to sell because they were moving out of state. Husband got a transfer. Sure, out of state and uh, better job. And the bottom line is, we you know we found a, a buyer. We sold it right away. We got it pretty much close to asking price. It was an all cash deal. It was a nice, uh, a very nice, smooth process. And she was ex- she was ecstatic about it. Good, you know? good. You know, when I started years ago, um, and I don't know if you guys did this. Uh, I walked right into the stores. You know, walked right yeah. into a business. Talk, asked for the um, the owner. I was very discreet about it. Didn't tell him who I was or what I did. Uh, when the owner came, obviously I wanted to be quick, in and out, especially if it's a restaurant during lunchtime. You know, they, they're, they're, they've got their lunch crowd, and they want to keep going on that. So um, when you walked into stores, I don't know if you guys did that, go walk into businesses, how, do, how did you approach it? 
You go to the uh, ask for a manager, ask for an owner, uh, business cards, letters. I know we were talking about all this. Again, for somebody new getting sure. into this business, mm -hmm. you know, what, what would you recommend? When I first started doing this, I was trying to get as many listings as possible. Uh, cold right. calling is what you're referring to. A lot of right. people will say, oh, cold call, pick up the phone. But no, we, we say cold call, we walk into the business. I always ask for the owner. Uh, if the owner's here, um, a lot of the times the owner is there, but they think you're a solicitor trying to sell them something. Right. So um, that's when you tell them who you are, what you do. Uh, do it very discreetly. Maybe pull them to the side. Um, if they don't admit that they're the owner, uh, usually hand them a sealed envelope with confidentiality or this Written is confidential on, on there. And yes, then uh, please hand it to the owner. Mm -hmm. Nine out of ten times, it's the owner you're talking to, right. but they'll never admit oh, yeah. to it until right. they end up calling you a week later or two weeks later. But that's okay. Um, that works the best. I mean, And they hold on to that. They hold on, they to, hold on it. to it. Sometimes they're calling you a year later, and you're like, wait a minute, I came into your restaurant? Yeah, I have your letter right here. I have your business card. Right. Uh, this is a letter dated a year ago that you handed to me. So it's nice. It's nice to see that people actually hold on to you're, things. Sure, sure. You know, they might not necessarily be ready to sell that moment, but it's probably crossed their mind at some point that they're willing to sell within the next year. So that worked well for me. Um, once I started getting established, mm -hmm. I, started, I stopped doing it as often, but uh, that's probably the best tool, I'd say, to getting new listings. Is just walk in. Walk in, cold face call. Face to face. I mean, it works great. Absolutely. It worked great for me. I remember leaving. I dropped my kids off at school at 8 o'clock. Nine o'clock, those doors open. I was in those shops, and my goal was to hit fifty sellers per day. I just have yeah. a notebook in the car. I just keep, you know, not dropping it off, but actually introducing myself really quick in and out. You know, this is what I do. If you're looking to buy or sell a business, this is what we do. I made it a point to hit that number. Uh, sometimes the owner does say, "Hey, I'm the owner of the business." You don't have you don't mind if I could sit down and talk to you for a few minutes, right? It I, takes time. It takes time. It slows you down. Sure. Uh, you lose momentum. So what I tell them is, I'm actually in the area. I have a closing. I'm selling a business in the area, but um, I will give you a call, maybe sometime in the week, to discuss a little bit more about selling your business, possibly evaluating it for you, and seeing if it's something you want to do as far as putting it on the market. Right. And uh, works great. Works really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, cold calling's the best. Uh, you know, I actually did it last week, and uh, but I was actually looking mm -hmm. for a business for a very good qualified buyer of mine, and uh, uh, one of the criterias was it had to be in Oakland County, it had to have Class C liquor license. Sure. So, uh, like Paul said, I did go in there. Uh, I asked for the owner. Uh, I was actually introduced to this gentleman. Uh, I gave him my card. I told him why I was there. And if he was interested in selling, I'd be more than happy to sit down and discuss it with them. He said, okay, I'll let you know. Right. And uh, I didn't even get, like, maybe a mile down the street, and he called me. Right, right, you right. Know? But like Paul said, uh, he didn't want to say anything in front of his employees. Sure. Or, Keep and, it discreet uh, and everything. Correct. Manager. And, uh, you know, we ended up meeting later, you know. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen to work out because it wasn't a particular fit. But I probably will end up getting a listing out of it because of that. Yeah, so you got a listing out of it, and, you know, it was a win-win for everyone. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of the times, you know, I don't cold call as much as I used to when I first started in the business, but uh, if I got a good qualified buyer 
very particular buyer sure. looking for a specific business in a specific area, I go and find it for them. And if it so doesn't you just work out, sellers. You approach if somebody sellers. says, I want a restaurant in a certain zip code or a certain city, you'll just Absolutely. Uh, I'll start pounding the door. And if it and... doesn't end up working out, you got a listing out of it. Sure. Correct. You know. yeah, worst case scenario, right? Right, right, right. You know, Paul, before you joined us, I was talking to Joe about networking mm-hmm. um, events and networking groups. Yes. I believe you just uh, joined one. How, I how's did. that working out? Is I that did. something you uh, know, that's... It was in the year for me for two to three years. I went to several different business networking international groups referred to as BNI. Um, you got to wake up 7 a.m. We got to be there by 7 a.m. every Tuesday. So it's, it's a commitment. You got to meet with the Hopefully members. breakfast is uh, included. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a commitment. You got to be a morning person. It's once a week. Sure. Uh, but so far, so good. Uh, there's a lot of professionals in my group and they're a good referral base. You know, it's worked out great. It's a small cost. But uh, if you get one or two listings out of it and have one closed business deal a year, sure. yeah, it's worth it, it makes up for every Tuesday morning that you got to be up at 6 a.m. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, networking is very important to us. We, I don't think we ever stop networking in our business. Right. Uh, if we're out with our, with our wife, you know, having dinner, you're talking Passing to the table next to you. That's right. Hey, how are you? You know, you strike up a conversation. You got to be social in this business. You really do. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a wonderful thing, and you know, networking is very important to this business. Good, good. And again, we're here talking about um, to all the new brokers out there that want to get into the business. You know, what to do to get this business going. It is a a long term thing. It's not going to be overnight. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you're probably going to see really some good results. 12 months, 15 months, really, realistically. I heard statistics, 75 people that get into business brokerage, first year dropout. First year is usually it's the It's your toughest. You're, it's it's, it's toughest brutal. You're, you're in there, and you've got to get your name out there sure. and branding yourself and getting a book of business, correct? Absolutely. You know, unlike uh, residential agents, we deal with a lot of different stuff, a lot of moving components. Right, right. Uh, you know, if you're dealing with a franchise for sale, dealing with the franchisor, you're dealing with the buyer, you're dealing with the seller, you're dealing with attorneys, landlord. dealing with landlords. So yeah. there's a lot of moving parts and- uh, It's gotta all come together at the end. Know, Sometimes even s- banks, bank financing. You know, I've been doing a lot of that lately. Yep. Correct. Well, even payoffs. You know, we've got, I've got a deal ready to, to close. There's a, there's a bank that needs to be paid off sure. before the, so- Or the know, previous owner. Uh, sales tax. some equipment you know. that's being leased, you yeah. know. Or leaned. Leaned Absolutely. on it too. That's all got to be cleared out, and every yeah, and that's a clean. job of a broker to Absolutely. to make sure that it's free and clear, Absolutely. and and the yeah. liens are taken out because nobody wants to buy a business with liens placed on them. Yes, yes, yeah, it could be disastrous. Right? Are you guys honing in on any certain niche, any business? Is it just or we're open, right? Pretty much, we're doing everything. I do everything. Mm-hmm. I like restaurants because I was in that restaurant industry for a long time. So, you know, it's near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. you know, selling restaurants. I know exactly what to look for. I know why they're not doing well. I know how to make a business profitable when it comes to the restaurant industry. I mean, all businesses, in a way, are the same. For sure. You know, you look yeah. at the financials. It doesn't matter if it's a, you know, small pizzeria doing 300 a year. Or, or a factory big, doing $20 million. Correct. It's just the concept's going to be different. All financials are read the same way. Right. So, uh, but, yeah, going back to a specialty Um, I like restaurants. 
franchises, independent, uh, liquor, non-liquor, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah. What about you, Joe? Uh, right now, like Paul said, you know, it, I generally have my hand in everything, so sort to of mm -hmm. speak. But uh, but I probably have to say, within the past three years, I've been focusing on a, a healthcare industry, uh, adult foster care. Uh, for instance, it's uh, a niche that's always needed. Correct, and uh, you know, which leads to bigger and better things. Uh, you know, I just got an accepted offer on a hospital. You know, here in congratulations, Michigan. thank you, congratulations. And uh, you know, if you would ask me 18 years ago when I first started this, would I be selling a hospital? I'd right, say, I don't think so. <laughs> right, right. But uh, but that's why I seem to be leaning towards, and the industry seems to be. Uh, oh, I mean, industry. I, I mean, there's there's a huge buyer pool looking for something anything medical to be truthful with you right seems to be a hot commodity right now yeah again that's something that you know is always going to be around anything in the medical right. field i know is always going to be i list pharmacies and they, they're just selling like hotcakes mm -hmm. you know just can't keep them in stock yeah, they're, they're exactly. just going so you know and it's evolving and changing too don't don't misunderstand me but but for the most part like you said i mean it's uh it's just a very strong industry that, right you know i don't think uh the internet's going to take it away, at least not yet. Right, okay. right, right. You know, we, we got to stay persistent and consistent. That's the whole trick. It's not even the trick. That's right. what this yeah. business is Correct. all about. Absolutely. Staying in front, out there, in right. front of everybody. Following up is very important. Do you guys ever feel that you're annoying either a buyer or seller with too much follow-up? I don't. As a matter of fact, I probably, you know... I can criticize myself. I probably don't do it enough. Okay. But I feel it's one of the most important things. And, and that Paul, open sure line communication there. Yes. Well, you got to be persistent. You got to call back. You got to. You got to be on top of it. That's all there is. And people see it. Sure. They appreciate it too. Absolutely. You know, when I list a business, mm -hmm. I I usually ask the seller, "Do you want me to give you a call every week to update you, every other day, or just when I?" get news for you uh you know every seller's different everybody right. wants right. You know, some sellers want to be updated every hour sure some sellers don't care you know just call me when you have a buyer right so everyone is different i try to follow up with them at least once a week on my own mm -hmm. just to let them know where we're at um sometimes when you list a business you know you're kind of reading what the market is doing so if you Absolutely. have a you know if you have a listing that's uh, been sitting for a month and there's no activity on it, one of two things: either you priced it too high, sure, or it's just not a saleable business. So usually it's priced too high, so we got to make adjustments. And I try to do that within the first month of our six-month exclusive listing. You know, and that's usually what I try to get six months, sometimes longer depending on the type of business. If it's a liquor deal business. Just transferring the liquor license alone takes four or five, six months. So you got to get about a year on those. Um, but like I said, following up is important, as Joe was saying. Um, every seller is different, though. Some sellers don't want to be bothered until you have an offer on the table. Right, right. Some sellers want to know exactly what's going on uh, every minute of the day. You know, I have a seller right now. I listed her business. She's very anxious. And every day she's asking me, is that buyer interested? Are they going to buy it? Are they going right, to buy it? I right, said, right. and then I tell her, you know, I'll let you know when I hear something. Sure. You'll be the first person to know. Believe me, you'll right. be the first person to know. Yeah, I mean, they they, they want to sell. They want out. I've been in that in those shoes. 
You know, I've owned businesses. I know when I was selling it, it's like, Ooh, let's get going. I want to get rid of right. this thing. You know, right. sell me. How often are you guys calling the follow-up time before you say hey, enough's enough? The guy's not. He's ignoring me. He's not moving forward. Are we calling three, four, five times and then are you say you know about what? The seller or the buyer? Both. Well, not well. The seller you've got a contract with. Yes. You've got a, you've yes. got a listing agreement with them. That's that's a given. You're going to. But buyers. Um, what are we doing? How, lof- how often are we uh, following up with them to see are they uh, serious? They're not you know, serious. Are they tire kickers? If they're serious, they're usually calling you to put the offer in the next yeah, day after right. they've seen it. Um, some buyers need time to think about it. Sure. You know, we deal with a lot of first-time buyers that are a little scared mm-hmm. to make the next move. And sometimes it's just not the right move for them to make, Period. you know, being right. a business owner. and Hand-holding. We and have to educate them. You for know. sure. You know, you, you sell a million-dollar business to an experienced buyer, it's an easier transaction than selling a $30,000 business to a first-time buyer. Right. Because, you know, it's their first time doing it. They're scared. Right. You know, they're investing their life savings in some situations. So uh, as far as following up with them, I mean, at this point in my career, I pretty much know if somebody's going to buy a business or if somebody's just kicking you the tires. You feel them out pretty right. quick. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. And what they are. But, but there are the, the rare moments when uh, – you do work with a buyer, and they don't seem as uh, motivated at first. But then, as time goes by, uh, suddenly they might have a life change, something of that nature, and suddenly it's uh, it becomes a, a major a, a number one priority for them to buy a business. You know, so you do see that too. But as far as Paul said, yeah, I would. Uh, you know, a lot of times, and Paul said this before. You know, when a buyer comes in for a certain business. A lot of times, they end up buying a completely different mm-hmm. business what they originally came in for. I mean, completely different. I mean, they may come in for a restaurant, and they may end up uh, buying a, a UPS store or something right. of that nature. I mean, totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. And it, that just depends. Um, and I've had buyers where you know, I've worked with them for a year and a half. It takes know? time. I've, but I, I did end up finding them something that worked right. for them. Yeah. You know? And usually, if you don't have something that they want they end up finding you down the road. If you made that Absolutely. good impression on them, they like you, the second you list something they want, they come right back to you. Yeah, and I, we tend to, uh, like if we do get a new listing that, that we think makes sense for them, you know, we'll forward it to them, you know, and, and tell them about it. You know, and usually we get a call back and, you know, they have some questions to ask about mm-hmm. it, et cetera, and, uh, and uh, you know, that works out as well, like Paul said. Do you guys think any buyer's remorse out there? You know, I'm gung-ho to buy a business, and then all of a sudden, you know, after you're working six months with them. I'm it's more common to see buyer's remorse than, than sellers. to see seller's remorse. But I'll tell you what, I listed a, a pizzeria recently, and uh, the seller, the, the day I listed it, right. he's like, I don't even know if I want to sell it now. And I had a full price offer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I think uh, it's undervalued. I think I want to hold on to it for another six months. So there's seller's remorse too. You know? Yeah, right, right. I talked to a guy that sold a restaurant, and now he wishes he could get it back because he's on the market looking for another restaurant, and nothing compares to what the, what, what he what sold. He sold. Yeah. So there's seller's remorse, which is a little bit more rare. But, yeah, there's definitely buyer's remorse. Yeah, but, but, but usually they have remorse after they buy it, though. <laughs> That's opposed <laughs> to before. Correct, correct. <laughs> Right. Um, any specific number of buyers you guys want to deal with at a certain time? 
That's a good question. Um, I, I know I like to work with probably about 25 buyers at a time. See, because they're gonna my numbers, as they drop, my numbers keep, less than that. Keep feeding them in there. Keep I'd say between if you really want to devote time to them, mm-hmm. um, ten to fifteen buyers at a time. I'd say, right. um, but then you weed out the ones that are not that serious. You replace them with something, someone right. that's actually serious and willing to buy. So yeah, at any given point, I'm working with about ten to fifteen buyers. And probably about that many sellers as well okay. with my listings. Keeping about 15, so 15 your hands ish. on. Yeah. Um, I'd like to keep more than that. I'd like to keep at least close to 30 listings. Okay. Minimum. And that, that way you could at least maintain them. Right. You yeah. know, because uh, right. there, yeah. there's a lot of involvement in there on their listing, you know, yeah, as you, you price. Have to service them. Yeah, you have as to a see. price drop. Really quick, going on the pricing of a business, it's easier to come down on a price than go up. Paul, you were mentioning how the guy says, I don't know, maybe I underpriced it. Sure, uh, sure. It's difficult to go up on a price. It is. Then to, it's like washing a car. You wash a car by starting with the wheels, or mm-hmm. start from the roof, work way down. You don't start with the wheels and work your way up. Same right. thing with the business. Or we start top, and as we gauge what's going on, the sure. activity, we bring that price down. Absolutely. Yeah, we call those uh, unmotivated sellers. They're just fishing out there who's going to pay yes, the top down and- for them. It doesn't matter how much you bring them; they're always going to want more. Right. That's why you got to have a contract in place. These are the terms. This is what this price is. This is a down payment. Um, right. You know, because if we bring you a full price in terms of offer, technically, we fulfilled our obligation. You did as your a job. Broker. Contract, right. Right. You did your job. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I mean, that's rare though. Usually, when people list a business, they want to sell the right. business. So we don't run into that too often. It's very rare, but it happens. Right, it right. Does. And, and the other spectrum happens too. There are times when we sell businesses for more than what the list price is. If they're and, fighting over, sure, it, correct. Yeah, there, there's usually uh, unique factors in it. Sure. Um, for instance, uh, I remember uh, I sold the business for thirty percent above asking price, but uh, their main competition, which was right across the street, burned down. <laughs> we had we had I had two offers on it by two different buyers, and uh, you know it just changed the dynamics of the business itself, and the seller lucked out. You know he picked the highest and best bid, which is rare in businesses. I know it's more common like in residential homes to get above asking price, mm-hmm. but it's very rare in business brokering. Yeah, right. it's it's always nice when you do get into that multiple offer situation yeah, for sure, because then you yes. look like the good guy. Yeah, I'm getting you more than asking. You know, right, you look like right, the right. hero. So, yeah. it's it's rare, but it does happen. Yeah, can that backfire though? When you got multiple offers, yeah, it sometimes could. It you can. know, now the sellers thinking, listen, I got mal- I got people fighting over this. Let's wait. And sometimes the buyer too. You know, if the buyer does get his offer accepted, and 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 then he starts to rethink. Well, maybe maybe I did pay too much for it. Maybe right. it was really worth what it was. And, they start second guessing themselves too, so it can backfire in that sense as well. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I had a situation like that happen with a with a sub shop we sold, and uh, I had an offer. I was the listing agent, and then another agent had another party. Uh, so there was a two offer two offers in on this business, and the other agent's buyer decided to go above and above asking price. But the problem was. His his funds weren't readily available. We had to wait, you know, and yeah. took an extra two to three months before we closed the deal. We ended up closing the deal, but I mean, and seller was frustrated yeah. because sure. he went with the higher offer, but 
it wasn't necessarily the better offer. Correct. Mm -hmm. Luckily, it did close. Yeah, fortunately is right. And we try and educate mm -hmm. sellers too. The, you know, just because it's more, if you do have multiple offers, you know, you got to evaluate the buyers as well. You know, you, mm -hmm. and you got to see, uh, you know, I had one uh, situation too. It was similar to yours, Paul. Um, one was an all cash offer for full price. The other one was a full price with terms, which meant, you know, it met the listing requirements to the T. But not only was the cash offer a lot better, but the the buyer was like, I, I mean, his uh, net worth was like in uh, the seven million plus range. Sure. So it was, you know, for me, you know, and the, the seller said, Joe, you know, I trust you, you pick which buyer. And it happened to be another agent in the offices, mm -hmm. all cash buyer. Mine was full price in terms. I said, you got to go with this all-cash guy. Not only is he all-cash, he's worth $7 million plus. Right. I mean, you know, it's just a stronger. Even though I lost half my commission, I didn't sure. lose it. I should say I shared it with the other agent, but it could have been all mine. But it was the right thing to do. Right, you right. Know? You know, for your fiduciary responsibilities Correct. are to the seller. Correct. You know, you're looking out for Correct. his best interests, mm -hmm. best price in terms. Yep. You know, going back to multiple offer situations, you know, I always tell my buyers, bring in your best and final the first time around yeah, or treat it strong treat yeah. it as your best and final right and as far as your earnest deposit your down payment or your security deposit make it solid make it solid in some cases make it non-refundable show these sellers you're serious and you mean business make it as big as possible and in some cases let it go hard immediately yep and uh that's the offer i'll always want to take if i was a seller because sure. it shows that they're willing to have skin in the game from day one absolutely yeah, right. it's, it's big, big plus. I agree totally. Is there a better time to solicit for business? Do you guys see it? It's seasonal. Are we seasonal? We're seasonal, right? <laughs> we are seasonal. I mean, we've got our, our, our peaks where we're really rocking and rolling. Like right now, right now. Yeah, from now really, June really is our, our busy where we're doing really brokers. good. January till about June. Yeah. School's out. Families are taking vacations. Yeah, summer, July, time, August. You know, those, those you know, two months where Michigan's beautiful. Right. You know, and then we've got the uh, the September, advantage. which it kicks back in. Sure. And then we right. have that, the, the four holiday grace period, right? Halloween, Thanksgiving. A little bit of grace, you know. And then you're, there's usually a rush for closings in the month of December. Right. But I tend not to take a lot of new listings in the month of December just to uh, Cause of the holidays. close Everybody the deals I have, the holidays. Right and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's a busy time for us. Yeah, I know we're, we're, we're slammed. We're we doing are. Real good. We are. Every buyer that I was talking to three or four months ago that was on the fence of buying, they're they're calling me now. Right. You know, I want right. that business. I want that business. And the problem is, if you don't jump on it right away, you're going to miss out. Absolutely. And in this in this situation that I have right now with this restaurant that we're closing on uh, at the end of this month, uh, a couple buyers waited too long and they missed out. And yeah. they don't like that. They don't like that. But then the second they get another opportunity, they jump on it right away. Yeah. So it actually works out in yeah. their favor as well. Yeah, they tend to be much more uh, uh, um, on it, you know, because they don't want to lose another deal. So Quicker to, to pull the trigger. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Sure. You guys doing any um, homework before you go on the listing? You get a company that's out there. Uh, I want you to list my business. Do you guys go on the internet? The internet's a great oh, thing. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You can do a lot of homework and due diligence prior to going on a listing appointment. So you do your study. That way uh, when you're the, there, you're prepared to talk right. to them about mm -hmm. their own business. Mm -hmm. You guys uh, 
feeling yes. that too? Yes. I mean, anytime I go on a listing appointment, I always ask them for a couple simple things, right. you know, just to prepare for me. You know, three years of financials, a copy of their lease if they're leasing the building, um, and also their corporation name. Mm -hmm. That way I could do my due diligence, look up their corporation, see if there's any liens out there. Mm -hmm. Because uh, sometimes sellers don't know that there's a lien on their business. They don't. Yeah. I sometimes, you know, I'll tell them there is, and they're, they're shocked. They're shocked. They're shocked. Yeah, absolutely. But it could be a there. simple equipment piece of equipment. For example, this, this gentleman, and I'm selling his restaurant, uh, he has a, a dishwasher. Mm -hmm. It's a true lease dishwasher. You know, you pay, pay payments every month, mm -hmm. but they put a lien on your business until it's completely 100% paid off. Um, I also look at the reviews. Okay. You know, why are they selling? I mean, if they have bad reviews, chances are their business is hurting. But uh, some sometimes they have really good reviews sure. and they still want to sell. So you can't always base it on reviews, um, even though bad reviews are a pretty good indicator of why they're selling. Right, right, right. Uh, maybe Absolutely. they can't handle the business. Maybe it's too busy. Maybe it's too slow. Uh, maybe the owner is ready to retire. Maybe the owner wants to just flip the business. I mean, there's different... Reasons why, why they're people selling. are health selling. Health reasons. Sure. Right. But um, I always like to go in there and tell the seller about their business rather than them tell me about their business. For I like sure. to be prepared, you know, because yeah, yeah, you yeah. never know. And the more you know about the business, the more, you know, confident the seller made the right decision of Absolutely. maybe hiring this broker to sell it. For right, them. right. I usually like to ask them if they have a website. And when they tell me, yes, I do, I get it. And I study their website before so I even I, go on the uh, on I, the appointment, so right. you know I know what they're all about. Yeah, I usually so. Google the business, find that out as well. Right, you know. And I also like to uh, when I do uh, go on a listing appointment for a business, if we have any similar or like businesses in our inventory that we have for sale, I like to bring those profiles of those businesses with me as well. I think it uh, it does two things. One, it kind of educates the mm -hmm. seller as to the value of what their business is, roughly. I mean, every business is different, mm -hmm. but, you know, if you, you know, for instance, you know, uh, you're referring to your sit-down family-style restaurant. I know we have other listings similar to that. I bring those listings with me. Not the listings, but the profile mm -hmm. of the business and share it with the seller because, A, A it, it shows them, uh, gives them an idea what their failure of their business is. And B is they like to see that you have other businesses mm -hmm. similar to theirs For sure. listed. And I also push the fact that, say, you know, if we have a restaurant, let's say hypothetically in Roseville, but we have a lot of buyers looking for restaurants in Oxford, and this particular restaurant that I go on a listing appointment for is in Oxford. I tell them it's great because, you know, these other buyers are looking for a location in Oxford, which we don't have. We can funnel them, even though they're sure. worried about it. Not your restaurant, another one. We can push them to your restaurant. So that works out real well, too. And and, and sellers like that, too. They like mm -hmm. to see that, you know, hey, you know, you're on the ball. You know what you're doing. You have other, you have an inventory listings. Uh, you also work with other agents that are confident as well. That's a big deal also. You know, I'm right, right. You know, you're just not a one-man show, so to speak. Right, right, right. Are you guys, um, are you farming a certain area when you guys, you know, because I know we're licensed for the state of Michigan. Correct. Are we, or are you just blanketing out there if somebody calls from Ipsy or from Southfield to Lansing, or are you guys just, you know, a certain county, a certain city, you know, th again, this is for like new brokers getting into the business. What do you write? What would be a good starting point? 
keep well, it maybe a couple a certain mileage from the house. That's exactly what I do. I like to start, you know, in the area where I live. Mm-hmm. Right, you're most work familiar my way, with it. Too. You're familiar with it. You work can my way back it. up to the office. Uh, go, you know, try to focus on the in between your home and your office, mm-hmm. um, but heavily in your home area, hometown area. That's what I like to do. Right, and then kind of work my way out, like a five mile radius, let's say, mm-hmm. and um, you know, once I establish that five mile radius go a little bit further sure. and further and sure. further but you never want to get into a situation where you're two hours away from your listing right because you want to be able to service it absolutely you know, it's you're doing your um your seller to service at that point you know you can't do everything by a phone call you have to physically be there too right right you know although there's some brokers that do that there are some brokers that they do even that. work out of state and yet have listings here. They do. Oh, sure. Those in, in are Michigan. Those are probably not the brokers you want to use. Yeah, you would think not, because no. you don't know who you're going to be dealing with. You know, right. today you're with so and so, tomorrow you're with somebody else, and then because they just bump it to the next guy that can service sure. them. And I had a I had a buyer that found something on the internet, and I looked to see who it was listed mm-hmm. with. It was a guy out of uh, Ohio. Right. I called him up and I said, "Look, I'm you know I'm calling you on this listing. I'm a broker in Michigan. My client is interested." Sure. And I asked him, I'm like, what can you tell me about it? He's like, huh, I don't, I didn't even know I had that listed. And I'm like, it says your name on it, has your number, has your company name. It's on, you know, biz by sell. Right. You know, is there anything you tell me about it? He's like, let me look into it and I'll give you a call back. So he didn't even know he had a, a listing, listing yeah, like un- that. That's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's mind boggling, you know, that people in Michigan would hire outside brokers. Right. The, the biggest problem is in our industry is, a lot of people don't know we exist. That's right. We Correct. were talking you about it. It's a small niche. It's a small niche. Oh. You know, but we also, it. you know what I think is dr- it's driven? It's commission driven. You know, you got oh. that out-of-state guy that he wants to blanket the whole country. I'll do it for 2% mm-hmm. versus the 6, 10, 8, whatever it is. You know? Sure. Correct. And they're going to go with it. Their mentality is, you know, the minimum, but they don't realize that they're not getting service. Like yeah, somebody you get the minimum local. service. That's right. You know, and, and not only that, really, it's like... A, a lot of these individuals, uh, they expose the business in a non-confidential way, and it, it's like open to the public. That not only is your business for sale, where it's at, how much you're asking. I mean, it's all out there, and and that's bad for it's bad for the seller. It's bad for the it, seller. It's bad for the employees. It, it's bad for, for the, the customer base. Right, right. And and you know you don't want your uh, competition to know either. That's that's absolutely true because yeah. once that gets out there, the employees are scrambling. The public, you know, the the mentality is nobody in their right mind's ever going to sell a good business. Yeah. So why is the seller selling it? You know, yeah, or, or you know, if you have a dry cleaners list, it's oh my god, my suit's there. You know, I could, <laughs> right. you know, got to go get it. And you see it sometimes doors. on the news. You know, yeah. so and so cleaners is out of business. Sure. Call these certain hours, sure. and the owner will meet you there, open it up. Maybe you know, kinda they, yeah. right. And right. I had another buyer approach me about a liquor store listing. Sure. High-volume liquor store being listed for a significant amount of money, right. a little overvalued based on uh, this listing. So with another broker, uh, clearly you could see the, the name of the liquor store in the advertisement. Right. Clearly you know where it is. Um, you know, you could Google anything, you know, right. and right. it right. pops and up. You could even find the owner. Sure. Sure. And um, this particular agent, I called her up. And I said, you have this liquor store. I pretty much know which one it is I know based on the ta- picture. I know who you're talking about, too. Based Go on ahead. the picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I said to her, what are the sales? 
Well, that's confidential. Really? The sales are confidential? <laughs> but the what about the there. name of the business? Shouldn't that be confidential? <laughs> yeah. It should be the other. So I, tried, so I tried to get, you know, educate right. her a little, a little bit on keeping the business confidential. And, you know, the last thing you need is your the, the employees finding out sure. it's for sale, then the customers finding out it's for sale. So it was done all too. wrong. All wrong. And, you know, again, I was trying to educate the mm -hmm. poor lady because apparently she doesn't know how to list a business. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe she should took it to heart maybe she didn't i don't know but uh you have to be careful when you put somebody's livelihood on the market absolutely you absolutely. got to do it in a way where you're only uh discussing with qualified buyers correct um, in a lot of cases we want to see proof of funds because you get to the last minute uh 11th hour closing on this thing and then you get a call from the buyer saying you know i don't have the funds they're not available mm -hmm. it's terrible you know, it's terrible and then here you are talking to your seller sure. i'm sorry to tell you this but uh they don't have the funds right right you know it looks you makes you look like an idiot at oh, that right. point absolutely you know? so and everyone's you, upset too everyone's upset. upset you know uh, and you probably may have had uh, some good qualified buyers during that time frame from the accepted offer to getting to the closure sure. that you uh you burned you, you know? lose but, out yeah, exactly. they end up finding they something find else another business yes. or work with another mm -hmm. broker etc that would probably would have purchased the business. Absolutely. You know, so it. it's yeah. a delicate situation, obviously. You yeah. gotta you gotta do what's best for the seller. Right. In a lot of times. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Most times. But you do see it happen all the time. I know what you're saying. I, I even know the place you're talking about. I know the seller. I know the owner. I know the gross sales. Talk to me afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, um, with liquor stores what people don't know is well, this agent particularly did not know is um you could look up the store, the corporation name, right. the liquor sales, it's all Correct. public information. Yeah, sure. sales and, yeah. you know, there's a formula we use when we, you know, we try to figure out what a liquor store does Correct. in sales. Yep. We use you the look, multiple. You look, well, you look at their liquor purchases on the MLCC, the sure. Michigan Liquor Control Commission, and you kind of have a basis of what their sales are at based on that. And, you know, I told her, even though you wouldn't tell me the sales, I pretty much figured it out already, but thank you anyways. You're about a million dollars overvalued. My client wouldn't be interested. Yeah. And you try to do it nicely. You try to educate them. But, um, again, there's business brokers. And then there's people that can sell businesses. Right. We're business brokers. We, we right. take it seriously. For sure. Um, we take pride in what we do. And a lot of times we get our, buy our sellers more money for their businesses. And we're out there to help them. Yeah. Key and, thing right and, there. And also, you know, Paul mentioned uh, not only we get them more money usually, but also it's a it's a very smooth transaction. Uh, there's no legal ramifications after mm -hmm. the fact, which, mm -hmm. which you see a lot of. Uh, you know, when uh, especially uh, uh, for sale by owners trying to do a deal by themselves, and uh, you know they may hire an attorney to do the closing package. But you know, we we see people. Uh, we've seen attorneys screw up on closing packages. Absolutely, all sure. the time. Yeah, sure, all the time. You know, you want to go back to the liens. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't know is um, sales tax. Mm -hmm. Sales tax has successor liability, Absolutely. which basically means it carries over to the next buyer or the next right. owner. And then you basically inherit that debt, and there's nothing you could do about it if you bought the business. It could be the in the tens of thousands. It could. I've seen in upwards of a hundred thousand dollars, and sometimes that doesn't show up online. And then you close on the business, and then they're getting a letter from the state saying there's back taxes. The IRS starts sending you letters. 
it, it turns into an ugly situation. So it's our job to make sure that there are no liens out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And if there is, we deal with it. Like, for instance, Paul, you and I remember, I think it was one of our first deals, was a, it was a franchise coffee company. Yes. I won't say the name. Mm-hmm. But the seller had unbelievable amount of debt on it. And one of them was sales tax. Uh, and it was substantial. I believe substantial. it was what, in the 40000 mm-hmm. range, Paul. Mm-hmm. Your I believe, if I recall correctly, that deal we had to close an escrow. Yeah. So the broker became the escrow agent. agent and as um, the state sent the bills, we would pay out of that escrow fund right. and the until, invoice. Yeah. until uh, the whole entire amount was paid. And, you know, unfortunately for the seller, he wasn't really left with much after that those back taxes. But well, he, he, he got knew. out of a lot of debt. <laughs> he did. He did. In fact, you and I did a deal like that, Joe. Yeah. On a, on a pizzeria. Yeah. Remember? It was about thirty, forty thousand no, no, dollars, wasn't it? Forty thousand plus. Forty thousand well. plus on that one, and uh, yeah, we but had the, to pull the, it out. Of, uh, but they're very happy to sell it. Trust me. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. For sure. For sure. Are you guys setting goals. Goal settings is important, obviously, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I always set a goal for myself. Um, and how I, many closings to do a year? Uh, how many listings to get? Mm-hmm. And everything of that sort. Absolutely. Yeah. You always you want to be realistic every month with how many listings you mm-hmm. can pull in and how many closings. I mean, but but so you much... always want to do better than the year before, though. Absolutely. I mean, I always try and set the bar a little higher every year. Yes. For myself personally. Yes. Uh, you know, set goals. Right. And um, biggest thing when you're setting your goals. Be realistic. That's right. Be realistic right. because, I mean, you could have months where you don't have a closing, where you should have had a closing, sure. and then it got pushed two weeks, a month. Sure. But then you have a, then you have a you know a great month after that because then you have three or four closings that month. It ends up averaging out nicely. Right. But you don't take the next month off though. Either. You don't. You keep you putting don't. it in the pipeline. Right. right. You gotta build up. It will out. dry out. You know. You know. You mentioned earlier about first starting out as business. It just you gotta build up some momentum, which takes a little bit of time. Like even in transitioning, you know, I, I can say this, you know, we transitioned from uh one broker. I've done four actually, four mm-hmm. different brokers I've changed and now I'm here at locations. And uh you lose momentum simply doing that. For sure. You know, even though with years of experience or referrals, et cetera, I mean, you lose a little bit of momentum. Not as much as first starting out. Right. But you do lose you a do. little bit of momentum. You do. Because, I mean, in the situation that we were all in, we started from scratch, basically, when we left the Correct. other broker. We had to go back out there, hit the streets, sure. do the cold calling, get on the phone, make some calls. Uh like you yourself, Armin, you're, you had mentioned that you started calling people on your phone that you absolutely, knew. Absolutely. Absolutely. My my phone is everything to me. It's got contacts and everything. I so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's again, it's being persistent, consistent, staying out there absolutely. in front of people. Let them know what right. we do, you know, right. as business brokers. And, again, for all the new brokers out there that are looking to get into this business, um, that'd be the best thing is door-to-door, start off door-to-door, going into businesses, tell them who you are, what you do. Be very discreet and confidential. Uh, get listings. Is there a bad listing, good listing, or all listings just? I think I can answer this for Joe. Because <laughs> so. at, at one point, Joe was you know somewhat of a mentor to me as well. Yeah. Actually, both of you guys are. Um, but Joe at the time, I'm when I first you started. Lunch, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's his 50 back that you Yeah, you put the money away. <laughs> so, so Joe, uh, I remember sitting in Joe's office when I was first starting, and I said, what do you think I should be doing? Right. I'm like, I got this listing. It's not the greatest listing. And then, you know, Joe said, listen, Paul, there's no such thing as a bad listing. Right. There's always a buyer out there for right. everything. For sure. And I, you know, took that, you know, 
to heart. To and, heart, yeah, yeah. And I said, yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes you have a great listing and you can't sell it, but then you have this horrible listing that's losing money. And it money, sells in one week. And it sells in a week, yeah. exactly. It, it's insane. I mean, um, one of the one of the, uh, most unusual listings that I was a part of selling mm-hmm. was a school, a Montessori school. Go figure. Right. I never thought in my lifetime I'd be selling a Montessori school. Yeah. I know Joe mentioned earlier that he's selling a hospital, and it's right. You know, in his lifetime, he never thought he'd be selling a hospital. Right. Well, when I sold the school, I'm like, I just sold a school. Yeah. It's but cool. in this business, we come across everything. You know, we do. I mean, we come across everything. Yeah. yeah. We do. So no bad listing. No. My advice to a broker looking to get into this: have a big bank account, a uh, big cushion. To start off. Yes, because it could take six to eight months before you get your first closing. Right. And we were talking about that. The first year is the kind of your your brutal, tough year. Uh, But once you get it rolling, it's like a snowball. It just starts growing and growing and growing. Builds up momentum. You know, you learn from your mistakes, et cetera. I mean, and then you move forward. Face-to-face meetings with buyers and sellers, I think, is a plus. And I think we all do that. Absolutely. Right. Face to face is the best way to best do it. Best way to do it. Walk in and everything. It shows, of that it shows a buyer's seriousness. Sure. Uh, taking the time out of their day to come and meet with you, sit mm-hmm. down with you for an hour, sign a confidentiality agreement. Um, I prefer face to face, absolutely. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's the best way to go. You, you want them to see you too. You know, and, and, you know, like, you know, between the three of us here, you know, when, when people, when a buyer comes in and meets us, you know, they, they feel pretty confident. Absolutely. You know, they Absolutely. Say, these guys, you know, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. Hopefully it can find something for him. You know? Yeah, and we do a lot of networking, just the three of us here. Oh, you know, So yeah. um, it's not that I only have 20 or 30 listings or you have 20 or 30. Or, you know, we pool it all together. Right. Yeah, our and, goal is to sell the business as quickly as we can right. for as much as possible. Absolutely. And, and we work together. And, and so that way we all are, we have a pool of businesses, about 100 businesses I think we are, 100, 110. Yeah, we have two more. Uh, so it's tomorrow. it's growing. Yeah, working yep. on a couple. So actually a uh, couple more minutes. Um, let's just talk about uh, featured listings of the week. Um, anything new you guys got this week? I uh, I actually just listed a uh, office deli. Okay, it's in the city of Troy, good business district area, beautiful yeah. business. Uh, minimal hours. They're open uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, I would say they're banker hours, but they're actually less than banker hours. Monday through Friday, seven thirty to three thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make a hundred grand a year out of it. Perfect. Great business. Great business. Yeah, th- those are good listings. The yeah, office complex delis are great listings. Yeah. I've got three of them that are all pending like that. They just went pending. Yeah, well, people right away. like them. You know, it's uh, I don't want to say it's simple, but uh, you're in a, a, a nice, controlled, you mm-hmm. know, business-like environment. Um, you got weekends off. You have holidays sure. off. Uh, you Time know, with in the most cases, yeah, you can be home having dinner with your your family, right, you right, know, right. which is pretty cool. Joe, any new listings this week? Yeah, or? I listed. Uh, I'm really very excited about it. Uh, it's a UPS store. I can't tell you where it's located, but uh, you know, it's uh, high volume. This was one of the premier UPS stores. Uh, high volume, great cash flow of 180, and it's uh, one of those things that uh, you know, Amazon.com. Uh, the internet's not going to ever affect uh, UPS stores. It's great. Uh, he's same owner for going on 12 years Good. now. Uh, numbers are great. It should be uh, SBA financing for okay. it as well, as little as 20% down, which is great. I mean, it just uh, it makes a lot of sense for a, a buyer, especially someone 
buying a business for the first time because you get Good. all the training, marketing, everything. It's perfect. There. Good deal. Yeah. And I listed a f- uh, franchise fast food restaurant in a downtown Detroit high-rise office building. Does good numbers. Cash flow is about a hundred thousand. Um, minimal like hours. Hot. Anything downtown, De- downtown is like Detroit is hot. It is yep. hot. So, yeah. it is. Um, Joe, Paul, as always, thank you for joining me today on the show. It's always fun. How Thanks, is Charlie. the best way? Is through locations. Get in touch with you guys on your listings and and all yep. that. Yes. So you can just reach way. us right here at locations. Absolutely. This is uh, Biz Buys on New Radio Media. I'm your host Armin Nazarian. Till next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.